You will not do what you want. I will do what I want, when I want. You're, I'm going to do me. Let's do this on ready, the microphone. Ready? ready? Yay. Because it's Friday. I'm sorry, was I not supposed to finish mine? No, but... Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> In all fairness, we're not that gone. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> not as I've big and dramatic of an opening I've as last year's. I feel no, like I've we, been close. Um, can't wait for the Christmas episode. No, uh, I've so. been close. <laughs> nah. You've seen that episode of Parks and Rec, right? Now, I think it's beginning of season four where Leslie tries to drink the moonshine. With Ron's ex-wife and his mom. Yes. Nothing close. Gone. Nothing <laughs> And Ron just downs the rest of the game. Everybody pants now. Pants. 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 Sorry, guys. Yep, I am, sorry, I am just... just watching Parks and Rec, and I'm Ooh. blown through the first four and a half seasons in, like, less than a month. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoy Parks and Rec. Anyways. Oh, hey, ben Lindsay. Affleck. Ben Affleck was still open on my IMDb. That was a nice surprise. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Lindsay. Happy Halloween, I love Ben Affleck. <laughs> so for the record, Forever. real quick, real quick, everybody. These episodes go up on Saturday. It is we currently... normally record almost a week in advance. We yes. normally record on Sunday evenings. Yep. We watch like we start watching at like four. Yep. And we record Sunday evening. We're usually done by eight. It is Friday night. It is Halloween. It's Friday night. It is nine thirty p.m. So if you're the episode goes up in almost twelve hours. In, in, in almost twelve hours. Uh, so yeah, if you're listening to um, this, I had an eight-hour musical rehearsal last Sunday. That's the only. Uh, I might be busy next Sunday too. But anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So if you're listening to this Saturday afternoon, November first, we are. Know that we recorded it less than twenty-four hours ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. And we so. both had kind of long weeks because it's Friday and we all, we both worked all yep, week. Yep. Yep. And it's Some Halloween. Some had two jobs. Yep. And we yep. sat down and decided to watch The Shining. Yep. With a couple of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so. We each had a beer or two and that's not enough to even remotely affect us. Okay, Jeff that's had my three. Theory. I've but, had two. But you guys have but seen me, right? But you ate dinner. I didn't eat dinner. Oh, really? Why did you not get food? Because I thought we were eating dinner as a family, and then we oh, didn't. We could have stopped and got food. No, it's okay. I don't need to spend... <laughs> I, I had Gardettos. I, it's not like I haven't eaten all Oh, day. my God. You had a bag of vending machine food. No, I had, I had the family size bag. I you had the, whole, the entire no, I family the size bag. <laughs> no, but I ate it for, like, continuously for about 20 minutes, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> This is why we don't record the night before the episode goes up either. We've been on the mic for three and a half minutes and have yet to actually say what we're doing. Let us have the actual opening Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2014 Halloween episode in which we watched The Shining from 1980. Finally! After me bitching about... This is not a family-friendly episode. This is after me bitching about it for a year and a half. I set up the episode on the website. I already clicked explicit. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking swearing episode. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. We watched The Shining. It's an R-rated film, so mm-hmm. already it's it's definitely not. I also watched friendly. Rocky Horror Picture Show, the first half of Scary Movie Two. <laughs> nice. Today, I am bummed because the, the one, original Scary Movie is not on Netflix. The it's one, the only one that's not. That's so weird. because That's my favorite. <laughs> the second one's not bad. Um, the first one's the best though. I uh, I will behind I, the couch. I did. <laughs> um, I can, can see, see your feet. feet. What? Ah. Okay. 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 Oh, <laughs> um, sorry. Um, no, I'm sad because the only thing that I have not yet watched for Halloween, I've watched all my Halloween specials. I've watched Ernest Scared Stupid last yeah. week. The only thing I have not watched is The Monster Squad. 
It's my Halloween movie. I have not watched it yet. Do you so know what? I haven't watched it yet. I gotta watch it tomorrow morning. Do you want to take a wild we stab? We watched The Shining, so no, it's not No, do you want to take one. a wild stab at what I Hocus have Pocus. not... You have nope. not watched Hocus Pocus yet. Nope. Because Colin kept telling me it was too early. And it's like, Halloween! I know. I know. <laughs> I haven't had time. I chose Rocky Horror Picture Show this morning. You realize tomorrow's Christmas, right? Oh, it's been Christmas at work since September 6th. Oh, yeah. I listened to a Christmas CD already in the car. I told you the day that I, I did that. I know you did. Meanwhile, it was a weird morning. It was weather-wise, it was weird. It was very wintry, and I today? wanted to. No, it was not. Oh, that day it's, that you did. Guys, it, there was at least a quarter of an inch of snow yeah. on the ground this morning when we woke up. I had to scrape up. my windows It this has morning. not been this cold and windy here since 1996. Yep. So I was on in, this date. On this date. Yes. On Halloween. Which I remember it being And normally, cold. when we were children, we always had to wear our Halloween costumes over our coats yep. because it was so cold all the time and kids have gotten spoiled. Yep. I, in 1996, because I would have been in fifth grade because I was 96, 97 school year, I went, this was my last big Halloween say, because we quit trick-or-treating after like, once you got into middle school, you kind of quit yeah, trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. 95 or 96 was the last year yeah, I think so I when, Yeah, because you're a year ahead of me, so it would have been yeah. 95, 96. So I went as a butterfly and I had like three and a half foot tall, four foot tall wings. Yeah. With like that, my mom made like that. They stood up. They're like you know expensive wings that you you could have bought the store at that time, but my mom made them for me. And I had little elastic wristbands that went on my wrist, so I could still move my arms and flap my wings. I almost became airborne because it was so windy, and the costume broke because the wind caught it and like ripped the little plastic things through the fabric. And my mom says I was really, really upset because I had to wear my coat over my costume. And also, apparently, my dad was going to make my mom take us out trick-or-treating, and my mom cried because she couldn't. Sur- she didn't think she was going to survive how cold and windy it was. <laughs> so apparently, my dad just stuffed a bunch of beer in his pocket and took us out trick-or-treating. <laughs> that is my kind of Halloween right there. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> told everyone that story just now because my mom will listen to this. Sorry, Mom. Everyone knows now. I'm pretty sure my last Halloween, I guess now since we're talking about Halloween memories, uh, my last Halloween, I went by myself. I remember when my mom asking me if she wanted to go if she if I she wanted if she should go with me yeah. I'm like no it's okay I'll, I'll go as myself and I walked around like the four or five blocks surrounding my house mm-hmm. but it was like it was one of those where it's like I kind of went through the motions and like I kind of also I got kind of scared because I was a freaking scaredy cat through like high school oh yeah me too it's like I kind of went into college for me and like I got candy and I was kind of just like yeah trick-or-treat I think I went in, I think I did go in sixth grade but it was the same thing it was just kind of going through the motions like, um, and it was like oh I'm like okay and I was back within like 45 minutes. I think I was sick. I think I had like strep throat or something. <laughs> but I remember it being really cold and being kind of, I'm like, just like, that was like, all right, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of done with it. Well, mm, tonight was freaking ridiculous. I went out with my nieces tonight. Yeah. I was out, you know, okay, where we live, it's like a two hour window. It's from 5.30 to 7.30. Yep. We went to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom could see the, my, my, my sister's kids and then uh, my nieces. And then basically we went to four houses surrounding my mom's house and then went, it's fucking too cold. We're going back I home. Left, and we left. I We're left done. here. We went to Walmart and I bought left, candy. Yeah. I left my house <laughs> and it takes me about 20 minutes to get to your place from my side of town. Mm-hmm. We got our first trick-or-treater and I left my house at like 6.30. I'm not, I mean, I'm not even surprised. It, there was nobody We else. live in a fairly spaced out neighborhood, so kids don't come to our true. door very often. That's true. 
we don't go through an entire like multi bag, multi piece bag. We Back did too. Well, I lived 115, kids in, in a night. Well, you know easily. where I grew up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that neighborhood. Yep. That was the well, kind of the well to do neighborhood. Yep. That, that was like we had full size candy bars in some places in our neighborhood. Ooh, we're all fancy. But my dad took us. Nerds. My dad took us almost up to like Nate's neighborhood. Oh, okay. And I lived at the opposite end. Yeah. Like, I lived on the, the park end, as mm-hmm. a, and, you know, Nate he was, like, half... In. He was about the halfway mark up Weathering Hills. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Lindsay and Jeff Recollect <sighs> yep, Halloween. I'm done now. <laughs> Welcome to the nine-minute mark of the episode. <laughs> Lindsay! Jeffrey! Welcome to the Halloween episode. We're trying to keep on track now, guys. We have, okay, just for the record, we have an amazing theory yes, that we, we need to discuss... Regarding The Shining, That's so that weird. we this movie was released in the summer. I'm we just gonna say, came up with tonight, which just blows our minds. Yeah. Okay. So, but we still have to get through. We're gonna. So basically, it is the Halloween episode, as we discussed previously. Like, mm-hmm. no, last year we did our top tens. This year we are watching The Shining. We are gonna still structure this episode as a normal movie yeah. episode, kind of like when we watch Ghostbusters um, and Goodwill Hunting, exactly. and stuff like that. It's gonna kind of Goodwill Hunting. We I feel like we got more onto a tangent about Robin Williams, but we still yes, are going to. That was to, the Robin Williams. Actually, that was the Robin Williams Memorial episode, right? Uh, we just happened to watch Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. but uh, for uh, Ghostbusters, great example where we basically still we did like hey awards, here's technology or mm-hmm. trivia and all that stuff. So um, let's okay. So now that we've reached the almost ten minute mark, yep. let's actually start the right. episode. Lindsay, so, go. The Shining from 1980, rated R. Um, we watched the 139 minute cut, which is the considered to be the official version because that is the Stanley Kubrick blessed version. Right. It's not. There's the also or- a, a two and a half hour version, which many people have probably seen, and right. there are several scenes missing from the movie that are in the longer cut. Which, according to IMDb, is the, the cut. T- it's the it's the two it's the two hour and twenty four minute yeah. version, not the t- like hour fifty eight version that we watched. Right. 59. Which, as you said, yeah. Which is as you said, was the version that. Cooper. Sorry, we watched the hour 19. That's what we watched. No, not the hour 19, hour 59. Sorry, 119, 119 minute, minute Yes. Because There's a 142 minute and 119 minute and a 144 minute. Does your trivia talk about the different cuts? Or should we just discuss the two versions? Now. All you need to know, really, is that there are several scenes that are referenced frequently when they show like documentaries and stuff right that are not in this cut of the movie one of such documentaries is currently on the uh, ghost Net website for this episode and there's one on netflix yes room oh 237 which jeff and i both watched in the last week or so thanks derek that's derek, all your fault i hate you i hate you a little bit too right now <laughs> i'm waiting for the tweet about this comment tomorrow <laughs> No, Derek, Derek, uh, Lindsay and I would you love to... You can find to, us both on Twitter, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yes. Uh, we need to... We, we'd like to have a conversation with you regarding this. Yeah, we'd like, get a hold of us on Twitter once yes. you listen to the episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, the version we watched was the version... Was not the original, like, original when it was released in theaters version. This is the version that Kubrick cut yep. because the original... This was the longer, outside of the U.S. version. Right. Because the longer version was was horribly panned by critics. Mm-hmm. So he cut it and he claims this version was the version that technically was the film. Um, the guy who has head cracked open is not Grady. Is not Grady? He is okay. credited as tell. injured guest. So he's just one of the people. Yep. Okay. Um, so the version we watched, but I'm pretty sure the version we watch is the one that a lo- is going to be the one that's on DVD, I believe, and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the one that most people. If you watch the two-hour version, you watch the one we watched. Yep. Basically, if you want, if it's more than two hours, like IMDb claims, that's not the one we watched. Okay, continue. 
Sorry, we just we need to clarify. It is an 8.5 out of 10. Sorry, it's a horror. That's the only category for it's this just movie. Horror? It's just a horror. Uh, it, 8.5 out of 10, 61 Metascore. Would you classify this as a horror? Yes. Would you? Yes. Would you classify though as like a horror suspense? Fun fact, I still thriller? miss the skeletons. When we I didn't see it. it. It must not be in this cut. That then. must be the that longer must, version. That then. must be the longer Cause version. Because I was watching, I did not I, see it. Because when we're watching the documentary and they're talking about it, I'm like, why do I not remember that part? Because yeah. I've never seen that part. That would make sense. So you didn't actually miss it. Like no, I didn't. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil and, pow- and spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from the past and of the future. Directed by Stanley Kubrick, written by Stephen King, the novel, and then Kubrick and Diane Johnson wrote the screenplay. And yes, I will get into all the shit that happened with King and Kubrick and all this stuff. Because there is considerable differences yes. and issues between the two of them. So, uh, okay. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, real quick, uh, you mentioned the Metascore. Uh, Roger Ebert does, in fact, did in fact give this a four out of four star. Yeah. He oh, highly rated the film. After the 146 minute version of the film was met with poor reviews and a weak box office in the U.S., Kubrick re-edited the film for European release, removing 24 minutes of footage, including. In- included in the room footage were entire performances as Ann ja- of Ann Jackson as a doctor and Tony Burton as Larry. However, both Jackson and Burton's names were still listed in the opening credits despite them no longer appearing in the film. Interesting. That must be the end. That must be the deleted scene at the end, mm-hmm. because at the end of the movie, no, after no, no, we... no. The doctor who talks to um, who comes to check on Danny at the very beginning. Oh, at the beginning. At the That's beginning. right. Yep. I personally, because I know I have seen both versions. I have two. I like this version better because this version moves better. It does. It's a lot quicker. There's not a lot of unnecessary. You don't feel like you missed anything. Mm-mm. Like, I was fine with this two-hour version. It, a lot of the stuff they cut is just incidental stuff that's yeah. not, doesn't affect. I do wish they left the skeleton thing in. It would fit. Well, see, here's the thing. It would fit with our theory. But the in the documentary, it also says that. It's cheesy. It that is. That part is. Because that is the it's one... It's very Scooby-Doo. Right. Like... Because, like, the movie's kind of playing along. I, I like this movie because it feels very much like a psychological, like, just mess with your fucking mind type uh-huh. movie. Like, and that's, that's the what kind I mean. of horror movie I don't really like, usually. And see, but... and that's the type of movie I like. I like the I like the mess with your mind. Some of my favorite horror movies are I don't Saw like Blood and, and Guts. Cabin Fever and Hostel and... So you like Blood and Guts, uh-huh. and I'm the opposite. I like Glorious Bastards, too. I it's like, not a horror movie, but I love Glorious But it's really bloody, oh, blood yeah. and gutty. Blood and gutty. Bloody. By the way, sir... Not a term. What? Django is now on Netflix. You have no excuse for not watching it. You know I actually have a copy of it. I right? know, but you need to watch Django. I'll watch it. I just haven't found the time to watch a three-hour movie. Watch Django. I watched a Million Ways you to Die in the You can't see The Hateful Eight. If you don't watch Django first. I can't see what? The Hateful Eight. I know. And you okay. liked Inglorious Bastards. We saw like it in theaters. <laughs> it, was, it was good. And I've seen... Never watch that movie with headphones in when you're hungover. It will make you want to die. I have seen both Kill Bill and Kill Bill Volume 2 Finally. now. And I enjoy both of those movies. And you've seen Pulp Fiction. I've seen Pulp Have Pulp you Fiction. seen Reservoir Dogs? Uh, not from okay. beginning to end, no. Have you seen Jackie Brown? Because I haven't. No, I have not seen Jackie Brown. Neither. I've not seen that one. I, I, I've also never seen any of the Dust Till Dawn movies. I've seen the first one. Love that first one. It's on Netflix, or it was. That first one is the movie. I've said this before. Sorry, we're getting out of tangent yep. again. But it's a Halloween. It's a <laughs> Halloween movie. From Dust Till Dawn was the movie that I sat down and I watched it, and I'm like, okay, so it's this whole kidnapping hostage movie, 
And then the vampires showed up, and I went, are you fucking kidding me? There's vampires? Those four vampires were cool. I didn't know there was vampires in that I've movie. I've never seen the interview with the vampire movie. I see. Now I've seen that one. Um, I listened Cruise to the I listened to the Tom Cruise episode of The Nerdist, mm-hmm. and I have a I used to very much not like Tom Cruise, like wouldn't watch anything he I was in. I grew up watching. And my now, mom. And well, my mom loves Tom Cruise, and that partially maybe why I don't watch Tom Cruise movies. Cocktail. But I watched. I listened to that <laughs> podcast. I have so much more respect from him. For mm-hmm. him, I mean, he's still batshit. Oh, crazy, he's batshit crazy. But I mean, his devotion to film is insane. I again. I want Tom Cruise's screening room. Massive. Ma- and um, Martin Scorsese's movie collection. Yes. Together. I um, unless we're on this topic again, completely tangent yep. from The Shining. I do, in fact, feel the same way about Mel Gibson. Yes, the man's fucking batshit crazy in his personal life. Yeah. But he's actually a decent actor. Well, Christian Bale, who's one of my favorite actors, is not mentally stable no, either. And I but love. They're great Christian actors. Bale. And I have. I am this person that, and I this this goes from. This also stems into my selection of who I enjoy from my music. Don't give yep. a fucking shit about their personal life. Mm-hmm. Their product and their craft that they make is amazing. Uh-huh. That's all I care about. Yep. I don't care what they do in their private life. Yep. Doesn't bother me. So They're I not feel killing like people. I don't care. Yeah. Political views of some people that yeah. I really care for as actors and stuff. It's like I don't care yeah. what you think outside of like your acting. Yeah, because you know honestly, that Affleck I, goes in there. <laughs> like I know Mel Gibson had all that shit that happened with him. He's kind of batshit crazy, but <laughs> you know what? I fucking love the Lethal Weapon movies. I enjoyed Mad Max. Do we need to talk about Robert Downey Jr. and oh. him bouncing back from like I, again? I listened to the to the um. Did he was he in the Nerdist? No, uh, John Favreau was, was. Oh, okay. Well, and I think it carries over into another episode. They talk about how, like, at, when he got hired for Iron Man and stuff like that and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he sure was unemployable. Yeah. No one wanted him. I wouldn't. I'm not And surprised. now he is, like... Robert, it's like um, Downey Robert Downey Jr. Jr. is probably one of the <gasps> largest actors in the world right I now. I love Robert Downey Jr. And I am, I am that Chaplin person. Later. That's the thing. I am the person that loved Chaplin. I loved the romantic comedy Hearts and Souls. Great rom-com. Fair enough. Great rom-com right after he did Chaplin. Do you have a copy of Newsies you can give me? I do not have Newsies. Damn it. I do not have Newsies, period. Damn I don't it. have any form of it. What, are you looking for young Christian Bale? No, I know, because Colin talks about Newsies all the time, and I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Now I know what we're renting this weekend. There we will go to Family Video and, and rent Newsies. You guys will watch it. <laughs> yep. Or we're going to go see Birdman in Milwaukee, one of the two. That is, a, that, is a, that is a Michael Keaton. Yeah, but I don't want to go to Milwaukee on Halloween weekend. But it's Michael Keaton. I know, but I don't want to go to my old neighborhood, which is the East Side Bar Triangle. You know what I mean? Okay. But it's Michael Keaton. Do your stuff. <laughs> okay. So, okay, in all fairness, kids. Um, Jeff's I, got, like, nothing. I have nothing. I um, don't have a cute summary. No, no summary. Uh, we've already discussed Jeff previously. put our cute summary on the website. <laughs> Just go on there and read it, because it's awesome. Um the, and then I screwed up my ankle when I tripped today. There's no Oscar nominations. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Um, IMDb is. only listed eight other awards. And, a, and, and three wins them, and eight awards. Yeah. And, Five nominations and three wins. And two of them were Razzies. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them was like for best DVD in 2012. Yeah. And it's Sorry. a Saturn award. Yeah. It There's a bunch of Saturn awards. Those don't count. That's the thing. is like there wasn't anything major. So I'm not going to bother going over that. Technology... The movie used um, 
two different locations. It used a wide shot for the Overlook Hotel, which was filmed on location. But then a lot of the shots of the exterior when they were close to it Mm -hmm. was actually a set uh, filmed at Pinewood Studios, which is the same studio lot that a lot of the Bond films were filmed at. Actually, most of the Bond films were filmed at and still are. And as well, the Star Wars films. The past ones and the current ones have all been filmed at Pinewood Studios at some point. So there's a set. So they used two different sets. The The hedge maze at one point was a matte painting for the for like an over top of the establishing shot because they never built the entire hedge maze. Um, other than that, there wasn't a lot of technology used for this movie. Some right. prosthetic makeup for the lady in the bathtub. Hopefully we're not spoiling anything in this movie. Yeah, no. This movie's 34 years old. Not really uh, within spoiler territory. Nope. Um, so really, I have no awards. I have no technology. I have... Uh, it's not in the National Film Registry. Um, Jack Nicholson's only 5'8". He is tiny. He's smaller than I am. I'm 5'11". Wow. Um, Are you really only 5'11"? I'm only 5'11". How tall is Dan? Dan's like 8 feet tall. No, he's not. <laughs> is Dan taller than Colin? Um, have we had this discussion? We have had this like, drunkenly at yes. festivities. Yes. Okay. I think Dan is taller than Colin, uh, I'm but not sure by much. Dan uh, will probably quote me correctly, but I'm pretty sure Dan's like six one. Then six, Colin's taller. Colin's two. six two. One of those two. I don't know. Colin we... thinks he's six one. He's six two. Because he's taller than my dad. My dad's six one. This is why we don't drink these before we do the podcast. <laughs> So anyways, no, tangent, I, <laughs> personal life, tangent. Yeah, there's a lot of personal life. You know what, guys? I did the math. April 9th, I think 9th is what you said. is like the last episode. And that's with us doing Ben-Hur and the Christmas episode and always hitting every well, single Well, if neither week. one of us has moved by then, we can still do a couple yes. episodes after that. So We have some thoughts for other episodes. And we do. We end up moving to the respected areas we think we're moving to at this point. Mm-hmm. We can still technically can still do, do this because we'll only be like. Tw- we won't be that far away from no. each other. So, but anyways, back to the movie. Uh, back to the thing. Uh, I don't really have anything. I have one inflationation and two stuff and things. So I really don't even have much. Okay. So I'm gonna let you do. No, I need to figure out things. Real you gotta quick. figure that. So let me talk real quick. So yeah, basically, come Aprilish, the podcast will be done with, um, as long as everything goes well. Because uh, we're we only have 21 movies left. We have 22 if you count Ben Hur. Because we will be doing Ben Hur again. That is a guaranteed promise. We'll be doing number one, which I'm pretty sure everybody knows what number one is. But then we'll be doing Ben-Hur over again since we didn't actually officially do it. So we have until like the second week of April. But um, coming around that time... Half an hour. It's only a half hour away. So see, um, around April, May, June-ish... July, um, August-ish. Pretty much. uh, Lindsay and I are both on just... Because of our careers and such and our lives, we're actually both moving, so we won't live in the same city anymore. But we will be hopefully living still close enough, if everything kind of goes according to plan, that we could still do a couple more episodes. But if we hit Ben-Hur, and then we're like, hey guys, uh, yeah, we're done after this one, we'll let you know. Yeah. So maybe what we'll do is we'll pull a James Bond thing where maybe... A couple weeks later or a month later, if we Don't can, talk if we can get time, we can then sit down and do more. But yeah, so basically you guys got us for about another six months and then the show will be done with. So bummer. I'm looking forward to it. 
not looking forward to the show being done. I'm looking forward to us being able to accomplish this list. Yes. Anyways, so I am done with awards and technology. Lindsay, you may continue with Thanks, your Jeff. section. Do your trivia, and then we'll come back to my thing, and All then we will right. we will blast we will blaster on. We will ramble on. I need to freaking ramble. stop drinking. We will need to start. We will ramble on about our. Pour me a theory. shot of that whiskey you know over what? there. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be over here if you need me. Okay. <laughs> Did you literally just open that? Mm. <laughs> and you're not gonna let me have any. Mm. Here you go. Thanks. Yeah, it's the knot. I can't wait until we do the Christmas episode <laughs> because I think we're literally gonna get drunk for that uh, one. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Apparently, Lindsay needs to spend the night that night. <laughs> Someone's got to come pick me up. (laughs) Or we need to do it earlier in the day. (laughs) And then have some, uh, like, I do go on break on the 19th of December, so. (laughs) We might be closed. All right. Okay. We might be closed? We might be. Oh, we might be. I don't know. (laughs) We're Uh, not drunk. That's the sad thing. No, we're not. It's just Friday night. It's late and it's almost 10. I thought I'd be out of here by 10. Um, we, this, this episode has been going for 25 minutes and we're just hitting the trivia. Okay. We still have at least, at least 10. No, don't go on Twitter. Read the trivia. (laughs) Do your trivia. Because Danny Lloyd, who played Danny. Fun fact. I think I run. Actually Danny. Jack Nicholson and Danny Lloyd. Yeah. Played Jack and Danny. Yeah. Shelly Long is like the only person of those main three who was not actually the same name as her character. She was Wendy. So she was still a... Two syllable. No. E. Shelley, Wendy. Okay, yeah. I'm not because, that drunk. <laughs> because Danny Lloyd was so young, and since it was his first acting job, Stanley Kubrick was highly protective of the child. During the shooting of the movie, Lloyd was under the impression that the film he was making was a drama, not a horror movie. In fact, when Wendy carries Danny away while shouting at Jack in the Colorado Lounge, she is actually carrying a life-size dummy so that Danny would not have to be in the scene. He only realized the truth several years later when he was shown a heavily edited version of the film. He did not see the uncut version of the film until he was 17, 11 years after he had made the film. That's ridiculous. It took you, you know, like, I mean, it's not that it was probably not his decision, but it was the idea that mm-hmm. it's like, it took you so many, almost a decade before you actually saw the uncut version of the film that you were in. Uh-huh. Like, come on. It'd be like a revelation right there. I'd be like, wait a minute, that's what this movie is? Right. Both Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall have expressed open resentment against the reception of this film, feeling that critics and audiences credited Stanley Kubrick solely for the film's success without considering their efforts of the actors, the crew, or the strength of the Stephen King underlying material. Both Nicholson and Duvall have said that the film was one of the hardest of their careers. In fact, Nicholson considers Duvall's performance the most difficult role he's ever seen an actor take on, and Duvall also considers her performance the hardest of her life. I will say this, and I should have mentioned this during the awards section. I find it absolute bullshit that Jack Nicholson was not at least nominated for a Best mm-hmm. Actor for this film because the performance he gives, especially on the staircase when he's going after Wendy, is freaking brilliant. Up my life. Like it's you can see that he is just gone. gone. He's not there anymore. It's not him inside that body. There were so many changes to the script during shooting that Jack Nicholson claimed he stopped reading it. He would only read the new pages that were given to him each day. (laughs) For the scene in which Jack breaks down the bathroom door, the props department built a door that could be easily broken. However, Jack Nicholson had worked as a volunteer fire marshal and tore it apart far too easily. Therefore, the props department were then forced to build a stronger door. (laughs) Oops. The idea for Danny Lloyd to move his finger when he's talking as Tony was his own. He spontaneously did it during the very first audition. 
Red rum, red rum, Creepy. red rum. <laughs> Can we get an animated gif of that? Just... Yeah, right. <laughs> At the time of the release, it was the policy of the MPAA not to allow the portrayal of blood in trailers that would be approved for all audiences. Bizarrely, the trailer for The Shining consists entirely of the shot of blood pouring out of the elevator. <laughs> Stanley true. Kubrick had convinced the board that the blood flooding out of the elevator was actually rusty water. This is why I didn't read any like this one out loud to you because I wanted your actual. Oh my god, the MPAA are idiots. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Despite Stanley Kubrick's fierce demands on everyone, Jack Nicholson admitted to having a good working relationship with him. It was with Shelley Duvall that he was completely a completely different director. He allegedly picked on her more than anyone else, as seen as in the documentaries Making the Shining and Stanley Kubrick: A Life in Pictures. He would really lose his temper with her, even going so far as to say that she was wasting the time of everyone on the set. She later reflected that he was probably pushing her to her limits to get the best out of her and that she wouldn't trade the experience for anything, but it was not something she ever wished to repeat. Because yeah, if you look at her, again, going back to the sequence leading up to them on the staircase, that performance does not look like an act. Like, that performance looks like there's some basis going on there. Like, it's believable. Mm -hmm. It's flat out like she's just pissed or, like, emotionally gone at that point. It's great. Good job. Her. Stanley Kubrick, (laughs) known for his compulsiveness and the numerous retakes... Got the difficult shot of blood pouring from the elevators in only three takes. This would be remarkable if it weren't for the fact that the shot took nine days to set up. Every time the doors opened and the blood poured out, Kubrick would say it doesn't look like blood. In the end, the shot took approximately a year to get right. Oh, God. I would have loved to have seen the other takes. That would have been something that would be interesting to see. Just to see, like, what does he consider not looking like blood? Stephen King, the author of the book on which the movie was based, just in case you didn't know. In case you weren't aware of this. Was quite disappointed in the final film, which is not also not a secret. Yeah. Uh, but I did not know this. While admitting that Stanley Kubrick's visuals were stunning, he said that it was surface and not substance. He often described the film as a fancy car without an engine. Okay. It's an also, author who spends a lot of time coming up with the And The, the story. Shining is not short. The Shining is... If it was Yay big. right, if it was like a novella, like where it was like Carrie is a novella. Chapters. Okay, Carrie yes. is like two hundred page, no, one hundred and fifty pages. If the it was, Shining is like four or five hundred. So if you were if you were to adapt, you're gonna look it up. No, I'm getting my copy of the stand out of my bag to compare how big the shit. Because my copy of the stand, I have the paper, like the trade paperback version. Mm-hmm. This is the newer version, right? This is yeah. The one that's this the is the re-edited version. one, right? I don't, I don't want to spoil the end for me. Um, you want me to look? No. Okay. Stop I reading. Th- <laughs> no, I, th- I was I'm thinking this is um, the his just his note at the end. Okay. This this copy of the stand is one thousand four hundred and thirty nine pages. So I think The Shining is about four or five hundred. Which. In that case... Pet Cemetery is like 300 pages. The see, Pet Cemetery is a long book. See, in that case, because it's that long, there's enough material there. There's enough story. And he story. gets really detailed and really in-depth. My shortest Stephen King books I've read are Carrie and Joyland. See, and like... And I think Carrie works the as the Mile short story. And The Green Mile is only like that long. I think Carrie works well as that because that's not mm-hmm. entirely an accurate story. 
Or not, not an accurate story. It's not, uh, a story. It's not a normal novel. No, it's done in like correspondences and stuff like that. Right. It's weird. Like 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 it's a research differently. book, basically. Yes. Yep. Is kind of what it's more. Which did I, I show like it that. to you or did you read Carrie? Uh, no, I you showed it to me. Okay, I think you because I read it at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I but they like but for I understand like if 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 The Shining was written in the same tone as like Carrie was written mm-hmm. where it was like oh it was reported this is like the reports that came through yes I would understand if it's like Kubrick decided to go do a whole it's okay I'm talking um if it would be understandable like Kubrick decided to go in a different direction because he was filling in the gaps but when it's a longer book it kind of goes well I feel like it shouldn't be necessary. Oh my God, who's calling me? From Kissimmee, Florida. Who the hell is calling me from Florida at 10 o'clock at night? Anyways. Um, Telemarketer. S- sorry, probably. Um, I also just realized my iPad was ringing too. That's weird. Um, <clears throat> but no, but if it was like, because it's a longer one, I understand why Cooper, why uh, Stephen King was upset because basically it's like he spent all that time crafting a story and then he just went, Cooper went, eh, we don't need this. <laughs> we can just make up our own shit. So, okay, sorry, continue back to your thing. I apologize for tangenting it. That's fine. Again, at 33 minutes. Throwing around the tennis ball outside the Overlook Hotel was Jack Nicholson's idea. The script originally only specified that Jack is not working. (laughs) Really? Interesting. On the DVD commentary for Making the Shining, Vivian Kubrick revealed that Shelley Duvall received no sympathy at all from anyone on the set. This was apparently Kubrick's tactic in making her feel utterly hopeless. This is most evident in the documentary where he tells Vivian, don't sympathize with Shelley, it doesn't help you. (laughs) Oh, and then Kubrick goes on to tell Duvall, it doesn't help you. Angelica Houston lived with Jack Nicholson during the time of the shooting. She recalled that due to the long hours on the set and Stanley Kubrick's trademark style of repetitive takes, Nicholson would often return to from a day's shooting, walk straight to the bed and collapse onto it and immediately fall asleep. Also, um, Jack Nicholson and Angelica Houston were together for 16 years, which is Jack Nicholson's longest relationship to date. Angelica According, Houston, for those of you out there who may not be aware of who she is, I'm pretty John sure. John Houston's daughter? Yes, which we've discussed. We've watched several John Houston films at this uh, point. I, I know her as Marticia Adams from the Adams Family movies from the early 90s. She's also been in pretty much She's been every in, yeah. Wes Anderson movie yeah. ever made. Yo, that's actually a good point. Anybody nowadays she's would Ethelene know her. She's Ethelene Tenenbaum yep. in the Royal Tenenbaums. I forgot and she's, that she was um, in those. Oh, shoot. What's her name? Never mind, not important. Not important, but still. See, in Life Aquatic. You guys know who she is. Yep. We've discussed this. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it during... Did we talk about it during um, Easy Rider? Maybe. Is it important I, when we talked about it? Well, I feel like we brought it up before. We I don't think John Houston before. did. No, Easy but Rider. Jack Nicholson was in Easy Rider. Oh, yeah. And I feel Maybe. like we brought that up before. So Sorry, I know we have. I just don't remember what episode. Sorry. Continue on. According to Shelley Duvall, the infamous Here's Johnny scene took three days to film and the, the use of 60 doors. Stanley Kubrick considered both Robert De Niro and Robin Williams for the role of Jack Torrance, but decided against both of them. Kubrick didn't think that De Niro would suit the role after watching his performance in Taxi Driver, as he deemed De Niro not psychotic enough for the role. True. He did not think that Williams would suit the role after watching his performance on Mork and Mindy, as he deemed him too psychotic for the role. According to Stephen King, Kubrick also briefly considered one of the loves of my life, Harrison Ford. Interesting. Harrison Ford would have been terrible. Love of it. my life. Uh, Robin Williams having yeah, seen... Yeah, is it bad that I don't think that 
Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford does not have the depth to no, do that. He would not have been able to pull it off. Robin Williams, yes, I can see because Two I've seen... Two psychotic insomnia and one-hour photo. Exactly. You watch him in one-hour photo, that is exactly what he would have done. And insomnia, he would have, that is exactly what he would have done as Jack Torrance. Exactly. That's the character he would have done. Which would have been awesome, mind you. Especially a young Robin Williams doing that. It would have been weird, but cool. Continue. Stephen King was first approached by Stanley Kubrick about making a film version of The Shining via an early morning phone call. England is five hours ahead of Maine in time zones. King, suffering from a hangover, shaving, and first thinking at that one of his kids was injured, was shocked when his wife told him that Kubrick was really on the phone. King recalled that the first thing Kubrick did was to immediately start talking about how optimistic ghost stories are because they suggest that humans survive death. What about hell, King asked. Kubrick paused for several moments before replying, I don't believe in hell. The 1921 photograph at the end of the film is a genuine 1920s photo with Jack Nicholson's head airbrushed onto the body of another man. Stanley Kubrick originally planned to use extras and shoot the photo himself, but he realized he couldn't make it look any better than the real thing. Stephen King did not know that red rum spelled murder backwards until he actually typed it. He loved the various connotations of the word. Shelley Duvall suffered from nervous exhaustion throughout filming, including physical illness and hair loss. Because she weighed like 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. The woman needs to eat. She does. This Sorry, was the first, that's insensitive, I apologize. This was the first of Stephen King's book to be banned from school libraries because of the theme of wicked parents. It wasn't Carrie. Are you kidding me? Her mom is literally crazy. Yeah. Is she... Yeah, okay. She locks her in a closet. Yep. <laughs> For the scenes where we can hear Jack typing, but we cannot see what he is typing, Stanley Kubrick recorded the sound of a typist actually typing the words, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Some people argue that each key on a typewriter sounds slightly different, and Kubrick wanted to ensure authenticity, so he insisted that the actual words be typed. I will agree with that. It does sound slightly different. Mm-hmm. I have heard that myself, yes. Every time Jack talks to a ghost, there is a mirror in the scene, except in the food locker scene. This is because the food locker scene, he only talks to Grady through the door. We never actually see Grady in the scene. So it could be, okay, okay, okay. That doesn't work with our theory, but... This trivia fact that I'm going to read is important because it contradicts something that comes later. Stanley Kubrick had envisioned Shelley Duvall as his more timid, dependent version of Wendy Torrance from the very beginning. However, Jack Nicholson, after reading the novel, wanted Jessica Lange for the role of Wendy and even recommended her to Kubrick as he felt she fit Stephen King's version of the character. After explaining the changes he had made, Kubrick convinced him that Duvall was the correct choice as she best suited the emotionally fragile Wendy he had in mind. Many years later, Nicholson told Empire Magazine that he thought Duvall was fantastic and called her work in the film the toughest job that any actor I've ever seen. During the scene where Wendy brings Jack breakfast in bed, it can be seen in the reflection of the mirror that Jack's t-shirt says Stovington on it. While not mentioned in the film, this is the name of the school that Jack used to teach at in Stephen King's novel. The scene towards the end of the film where Wendy is running up the stairway carrying the knife was shot 35 times, which is the equivalent of running up the Empire State Building. The color red is visible either overtly or subtly in (laughs) nearly every shot of the film. Bless you. Sorry. (laughs) Continue. The shot of the tennis ball rolling into Danny's toys took 50 takes to get right. Ahem. Much like the casting, this is where that trivia fact comes into play. Yeah. Most, much like the casting of the character Jack, Stephen King also disliked the casting of Shelley Duvall as Wendy. King said that he envisioned Wendy as being a blonde, former cheerleader type who had never had to deal with any true problems in her life, making her experience in the Overlook all the more terrifying. 
He felt that Duvall was too emotionally vulnerable and appeared to have gone through a lot in her life, basically the exact opposite of how he pictured the character. There's another thing where um, he didn't want Jack Nicholson because Jack Nicholson didn't have the everyday guy look who, like, devolved into madness because Jack always looked a little crazy from the get-go. Sure. I'm not going to read that trivia fact when we get there because you and I have talked about this and I just said it. Mm-hmm. According, to the Steve- according to the Stephen King... <laughs> The title, Stephen King. Stephen King. The title is inspired by the refrain of the Plastic Ono Band song "Instant Karma," which features the chorus "We all shine on." Now we all oh. shine on. Oh yeah, that was really out of key, out of tune. I'm sorry. Meh. <laughs> Let's see. There's a lot of trivia on this. I just want to read the important things. By the way, the audiobook is available on audible.com oh, for $34. Yeah, Audible's really expensive. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I still want to listen to it. Neither Leah Bed- <laughs> Beldem, the young woman in the bathtub, nor Billy Gibson, the old woman in the bath, appeared in another movie before or after this one. Yes. King tried to talk Kubrick out of casting Nicholson because King felt that watching either of these uh, of the normal-looking men who were Michael Moriarty or John Voight is who King wanted, gradually descending to madness would have immensely improved the dramatic, dramatic thrust of the storyline. Giggity. The outside shots of the Volkswagen Beetle traveling towards the Overlook Hotel at the start of the film were plundered by Ridley Scott with Stanley Kubrick's permission when he was forced to add the happy ending to the original release of Blade Runner. That's right. We discussed that back did. at Blade Runner, which That's I need to rewatch because I think right. I like it better now. Um, yes, we we can we briefly talk about that really, really, really quick. The fact that we feel like we still have to talk about our theory. I know, no, no, no. Just just really quick side note yeah. that we feel you that, keep talking. I'm gonna scroll and see if there's anything else interesting. Okay, we feel that because at this point in the list where we are at in the podcast, um, we have definitely our opinions on films. I know Lizzie has stated this. I know mine has definitely changed too. Yep. Um, has changed because our appreciation for what makes a good film and what doesn't make a good film has definitely changed. And we feel like we may or may not have given a good, full, honest try for some of the earlier films on our list. Mm-hmm. So we personally, at some point, would love to rewatch. I will always hate Sophie's Choice. You can't yes. convince me otherwise on that one. But regarding like Blade Runner, uh, you said last The Last Picture, Picture show. show. We need to rewatch The Last Picture Show. I would... Probably you be might willing need to watch, to watch American Graffiti again too. I don't yes. think you liked American Graffiti. American Graffiti and Easy Rider, both of those movies, I'd be up for watching again. We will not rewatch Sophie's Choice. But we and we, you know, what we'll probably end up. I doing, will we stand won't. on that one. No, I'm. I've seen Sophie's Choice. I'm golden. It's golden. Jeff, um, do not sign up for Audible right now. I get a 30 day free trial. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I can download the book for free. Did you do Audible Podcast dot? Com yes, slash I backslash Phoebe. I know I did through how I did how, which is the how I did is get made. Oh, okay. Damn. So anyways. I use Phoebe. Um. So yeah, I, sorry. We we just we might we may it's probably not going to be a podcast. It probably won't be an episode, but we just know that we are willing to give a shot mm-hmm. for some of these movies that we have watched just to see whether our opinions. Have Colin changed. was really mad that we didn't like Last Picture Show. A lot of people really. I know. Mad apparently, we were, and it's the thing is like I. It's would, in one of our mean reviews on iTunes that we didn't yes. like Last Picture Show. Sorry. It's just it was weird, but again, it was also we're what? back to normal. Yes, it was also or we're really back. Yeah, it was like early. 90. 90? Something like that, 89? except for, like, Toy Story and Yankee Doodle Dandy, I'm pretty sure we didn't, like, most of the top, like, the bottom ten, so... Uh, Goodfellas, and do the right thing. Were those in the bottom ten? Goodfellas is 94, do you want me to start raging about it again? No, we're good. Oh, that's right, that's right. You haven't raged about it in a while. I know. So, Jeff and I, 
at the suggestion of Derek, who's yes. one of our avid uh, listeners. I'm sure there are more avid listeners, but Derek interacts with Derek and Matthew interact with us the most. And we love you both. Yes, we do. Um, suggested that we watch the documentary Room Two Three Seven on Netflix, which we did. Oh my god! So the trivia fact I'm going to read now relates to that. Because this is basically the entire documentary, what I'm about to say. Most of the elaborate urban legends and conspiracy theories surrounding this film, ranging from it serving as a Holocaust metaphor to a confession that Kubrick helped fake the moon landings, were refuted by Stanley Kubrick during his lifetime or later by the surviving cast and crew. For example, the famous quote-unquote impossible corridors and windows are a result of set logistics. Kubrick wanted to shoot Danny on his big wheel in unbroken takes so that the hallways had to connect, and they could only do that if they constructed them to fit Kubrick's vision, which then meant mirroring the set to fit the available soundstage space. The shadow on the helico- of the helicopter in the opening shot was a result of a framing error. The other hidden meanings, as reported by viewers, are often the result of aphasia, the system by which the brain collates and sorts information into patterns. At times, the brain sees patterns in random coincidences in a way similar to seeing shapes in clouds and figures in constellations. This, rather than a hidden agenda, accounts for the majority of the film's so-called hidden messages. If you want to Jeff, see, Jeff, it's a minotaur, not a guy it skiing. Not a it's a minotaur. Minotaur. It is to somebody with that their, window is impossible. It is. It is. It is a guy. It's this guy skiing, and it's some lady with a crazy freaking VHS copy of the film who is all blurry and can't see it, and was like, and she's oh, probably stoned. I'm stoned. This looks like it's a guy. It's a minotaur. It's a minotaur. Oh, it's a skier. No, it's Based a minotaur. Our fears in the woods and the minotaur. You it's, can't come. It's his face. He looks like a bull. If you want oh to God. see this documentary, A... If you want to yell is, at your television set... It is on the Ghost Hat page for this episode. Okay. Because it's on YouTube. It's also on Netflix. Yeah. So you can watch it. Um, It is... I am I, I get a kick out of listening to like conspiracy theories. Like I like listening to see what people come up with because like oh yeah it's okay I can see how you piece that together. I thought this documentary was going to be more about the theories about the story or like the symbolism behind what happens in the film. Mm-hmm. Not the I last, closed the trivia. Not so is I'm it not. Done? I'm done. That's cool. Uh, not, <laughs> Read the rest of it if you care. The last I have one. I'm going to do the one more about the thing with the snow. Okay. The last third of this documentary, Room 237, deals with the fact that Kubrick faked the moon. It was the one who filmed the moon landing, which has been... I feel like I've heard that that urban legend before. But, like, it's... it's And, like, all the symbolism that he placed in the movie to prove it, that the room was 237 instead of 217 like it was in the original book. But he named it 237 because the Earth to the moon is 237,000 miles. And that that Danny is wearing a sweater that has the Apollo 11 on it. And he stands up from the pattern on the carpet that looks like the launch pad. And that's supposed to be symbolizing that. And that, oh, my God, shut up. Mm -hmm. Like, it is not any of that crap. Nope. Nothing. There's like five key points in that entire documentary that I went, oh, okay, I could believe that. Okay, that I buy. You mentioned the, um, what is it, the baking powder? The baking soda? The cans? Yes, the that Calumet has... baking stuff. Okay. 
I could buy into that. That might legitimately be something that was done on purpose, but everything else in that documentary is so stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Watch it yourself. Make your own opinion. My opinion and Lindsay's opinion, <laughs> which I received through the text messages earlier, we yep. agreed that was the dumbest thing in the world. So, so take that as you will. Uh, d- thank you, Derek, for 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 turning us on to it because it was interesting. I also found on YouTube the Shining Code 2.0, which goes into further like documenting all the little conspiracy parts, basically of the entire film, and it's an hour nineteen, and it basically pinpoints every single theory. It's the dumbest yeah, thing in the world, but it watch really it. Dumb. It's fun. It's just fun to watch the stupid. My movie. last comment. So yes, your last piece of trivia, trivia, and then I'll cram through mine. All the snow that they use because they shot the same in the same place as they shot episode five. Oh, Star Wars. They shot Empire. Yep. Um, they used all the snow from Hoth in The Shining. <laughs> Which is cool. Because it's not real snow. It's not real it's snow at all. It's all styrofoam. And it's the same exact time, because Empire came out in 1980, this came out in 80, yep. so they were filming Also, Stephen King met Irving Kirchner. Yep. Kirchner, not Kirchner. Kirchner at, like, on set, mm-hmm. I think, or something. And then there's a... Oh, and it was the first movie that had Yoda. So, Stephen King made a Mrs. Kirsch, which is Irving Kirchner's nickname. Mm-hmm. Um had a voice like Yoda and that's his homage to Irving Kershaw. In one of the books, right? In In It. it. That's it. Yep. All right, let me blow let's, through. Let's okay. Let me blow through stuff and things in in inflationation. I have three things real quick, and then we'll do our theory, and then we will end our Halloween special. Okay. All right. So, uh, inflation nation. <laughs> our last Halloween special is super long too. It's okay. It is, so this fits. It's a special. It's supposed to be longer yeah. than normal. All right, inflation nation. I took 1980 because they didn't give me any other year in the film. Uh, so, as one inflation nation, Jack hands. Uh, so, twenty dollars is the amount that Jack hands the bartender to pay for his <laughs> Jack on the Rocks. Ironic. That would be the equivalent to today of fifty-seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. Now, obviously, he wasn't paying a t- like full mm-hmm. price for it, but that's what he handed him. All right, that's inflation nation. Yay! All right, so stuff and things with Jeff. Two things. Number one, apparently. If a naked woman you don't know comes out of the bathtub and wants to kiss you, she's probably a deadite. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, deadites are from Evil Dead. And also from the end of The Great and Powerful Oz, <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the East turns into a deadite at the end of the movie. No joke. Made by the same director. Anyways. And finally, number two, something things with Jeff. Uh, so much information apparently can be conveyed in the bathroom. Little known fact. So, okay. That's all my sections. Okay. Lindsay, we need to discuss about our theory. We do. Jeff and I figured out The Shining. We this figured it out. It's going to be really great now that I'm like another beer into this. This is, this is, we. My iPad's over there now. Chinatown's have, the next episode. Let's just remember that. Yes, Chinatown is the next one. I, I have no beer left. You have no beer left? No, I have to drive home. I don't. You want one? One of these times we're doing this at my house. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. No, thank you. God damn it. I hate you. <laughs> I'm finish chewing my nerds so I don't spit them in the ball. Please don't. <laughs> this, the, we are grown ups. We are big, <laughs> big grown ups. I can't wait for the Christmas episode, so it's going to be so You guys are going to love you. Okay. It's going to be like. Well, note to everybody listening to the Halloween episode. If you don't like us, don't listen to the Christmas episode. If you you hate, this I'm not episode, even drunk. I'm just punchy because no. I'm tired. Yes. it's 
almost 1030. It's 10, almost 1030. So I, I'll preface this while you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so the start, so the end of the, the end of the shining has always had this moment where it's okay. You see the, you see the picture, you see Jack uh, Nicholson, Jack Nicholson in, in the, the middle picture. of the picture. And it says the hot or fourth of July ball, 19 or July says July 4th. It's the, it's something it says overlook hotel, July 4th, ball, July 4th ball, ball. I think 1921. Right. So the whole thing was always been like, well, the fuck does that mean? Yeah, what mean? does that mean? Well, like, does Jack not exist? Is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Is like he all a this ghost? Stuff. Is he a ghost? Uh, you know, was he reincarnated? Because yeah. that was always my theory. Yeah. Was that, oh, well, so he has he always been there. He's just been reincarnated. Right. And he keeps reliving the same thing. There is a people. small point in this movie when they're giving the tour outside of the Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. where, um, the 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 manager guy whose name is escaping me yeah, I don't he's cuz he's only in the beginning of the movie yep. it's like Olman or something like that yeah he introduces himself when Jack sees him in the beginning and his nameplate's on the desk he says this it was it was apparently built it was built from like 1912 to 1917 or yeah. something or 1909 7 to 1909 something like that there that's a thing with the numbers like yep. multiples of 3 or some shit, 7 or something like that i don't know in that stupid fucking documentary yep. anyway <laughs> He makes he offhandedly says that it was built on an ancient Indian burial ground or on an Indian burial ground, and yep. they never address it again. Nope. But Jeff and I have a theory. Yep. That it actually plays a relatively important part in the film. Kind of. Kind of. We feel. I dropped a nerd. And the truth I is, the truth is, half this stuff might be like we some are of the, purely speculating. We are on speculating. This. this is our personal theory. We've seen this movie dozens of times. I haven't piece. seen it dozen. I've seen it a handful of times. Still, we've seen it enough. We know what. But happens But I watch in the it from beginning to end, and I always pay really close attention yes. to it. And it's like so we've seen this enough times between the two of us that this was something that's kind of like oh, well this actually this makes is a sense. collaborative theory on and our it, it kind of it works. Mm-hmm. No, and not everything is explained in it. Not everything no. is, is. And none of the trivia I read, which I didn't read all of it out loud, did mm-hmm. not disprove my th- our theory. No, and as we can after we we came up with it about halfway through the movie, and everything after that continued to work in our theory, mm-hmm. like nothing negated it. Mm-mm. So basically, our theory is is that okay, the hotel is in fact. Haunted, haunted slash possessed. Yes. There's something wrong with there the hotel. There is something going, going on. Going on with the hotel. Something of the supernatural variety. I love that show. Going on with the hotel. <laughs> now, I'm actually going to tweak something we mentioned. Okay. Because I'm thinking about it. No, 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 no. That works. Never mind. No, never mind. It works. Never mind. I wish everyone could have seen the hand flailing. It's Jeff okay, because I'm pretty sure Dan heard me flail my <laughs> arms. Oh, my God. Anyways. So... <laughs> So uh, I get yelled at because my our friend, our good friend Dan, claims he can hear when I talk with my hands at the podcast, um, and he's usually right. Anyways, so um, <laughs> the theory is okay. So Jack meets Grady in the ballroom during one of the moments where it's all the 1920s people dancing, everything's ha- like everything's going on. He band's goes, he, playing. the band's playing. The room is very full. He bumps into the waiter. The waiter spills on him. They go into the bathroom to clean it no, up. No, Grady is the waiter. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they go in there. That's when you reveal it's Grady. Now Jack confronts him and says, "You're Grady. You're the former caretaker. Right. You're the one who killed your kids. Who chopped your family into yep. bits. Yep. And so at that point, we've already seen Danny's vision of the two girls, the two little girls, the twins. Who no one else has seen, for the no, record. it's just Danny. Um, and the naked lady in the bathtub. And the naked lady. So we've already seen 
these two haunted girls, these two girls, yep. we've seen Danny's vision of them bloody dead on mm-hmm. the hallway floor. Yep. And we've seen the, the naked lady in the bathroom. Jack's seen the naked lady yep. in the bathroom. So, so is Danny because she tried yes, to strangle him. Yes, because she's trying to strangle him. That's when, and that's when Wendy thought that it was Jack that was doing it. Mm-hmm. So then after all this happens, Jack is talking to Greedy and he goes, oh... So you're the you're the previous caretaker. You're the one that killed your family. Grady admits that he took out his wife. That he had two girls. He corrected them because they tried to burn them. down the hotel or something like that. Right. So he admits. So basically, which is this, why Jack freaks out. Right. When Wendy's wants him to take Danny to the doctor, because he's like, I have a responsibility to this hotel and blah 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 blah. Right. So our theory is is that yes, in fact, the two girls that are dead. Were Grady's kids. Yep. The woman in the bathtub was Grady's, Grady's wife. wife. Because he... the reason she's all rotted and gross like that, which is the most disturbing part of that whole effing movie. Yes. Oh, God, I can't even think about it. I'm going to have, like, nightmares tonight now. That's why I'm going to have to watch The Office when I get home. Make it's it because um, if they, if, you know, he killed his family and then killed himself and no one found them till May. Yeah. And Lord knows when he did this. If it was in the dead of winter, it would have been December, January. She would have been decayed like yep. that in the bathtub. So he basically probably drowned her or killed her in the bathtub yeah. when she was wrestling, which is why her ghost was there. It yep. all makes sense. That's why the kids were kind of haunting the hallway. They yeah. did show up in the game room, the yeah. rec room, but they were in the hallway. That's not our theory. That's kind no. of, that's the, that's the baseline start of it. Basically... The ghosts in the like all the people that you see in the Outlook that Jack sees are are ghosts. They're yep. in the hotel. There are ghosts in the hotel. Right. This is not in his head. No. Um. That's important. Uh, which and then what happens is uh, uh, uh basically, uh yeah basically Grady did in fact kill his wife and kids. That's why they're there. Um I'm trying to read through my notes trying yeah. to remember it. Um the hotel is the driving force behind everything that happens in the movie. Because it's built on an Indian burial ground, right. so, so there are spirits that are in that are in the hotel because it's on you know their land. Right. Our theory is that the jo- hotel picks a person. Right. That they decide needs to join sacri- them. Needs to join them. Right. And now, in order to join, join them, them, they have to make a sacrifice. Right. In the case of Grady, so Grady was Grady was possessed by the hotel. Right. Now, this what is, caused that? We don't know that. We're yet. not sure yet. So Grady is possessed by the Overlook. Right. Because the Overlook is an alive thing in this movie. Yes. Grady is possessed by the Overlook. Goes insane. Because the hotel, like, tells him to what to do. Yep. Kills his family. That was the sacrifice. Now the hotel claims Grady's soul. So now, Since Grady was the last person to be claimed by the hotel, it's his job to get the next person, and that's Jack's character, Jack Nicholson's character, Jack. Which deals with, that's why the whole bathroom scene happens. Yeah, because he, because, yeah, Grady tells him that, you know... They're trying, someone's trying to mess with the hotel. You know, right. your son is trying to bring an outsider into the hotel. And because Danny and Scatman Crothers yep. have the shining yep. that, you know, they know kind of what's going on. They can see what's going on. Right. And then. That's why the hotel tells Jack that Danny, Danny is shining Scatman Crothers yep. to come in. I can never the, remember his character's I, name. I just um, called Scatman I looked Crothers. It, I looked it up at one point. I apologize. It's okay. It's Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Just everyone I, knows I, who that I, is. I, in my notes, it was released I kept, on his 70th birthday, by the way, the movie was. On my notes, I kept calling him the cook because that's yeah, what he was. Yeah, he is. Um, but, that's why, but the thing is that the hotel, because the hotel had already chosen Jack. Yep. The hotel did not want them to, Jack them to, to leave. leave because, yeah. no, we already chose you. So we're yep. going to give you as much information as possible for you to 
kill your family yep. to act as the sacrifice. Yes. Now keep but, in mind, the hotel's chosen Jack. Nobody else sees. No one else besides Danny who has the special power so because Grady says that he is, you know, he's got a talent. Right. And so, so he's kind of the exception to the rule, yep. but it's because he has the power to do that. Exactly. Yes. Continue. So, continuing on through the movie, and Jack slowly loses it more yep. and more and more and more. And Wendy figures out something is not quite right here, and they try to get out. Well, Scatman Crothers does make it back, and then Jack kills him. Which means at that point that, that Jack has the because s- the sacrifice has to be that he ha- the person who is chosen has to make a sacrifice on the, on grounds, the grounds of, of the, the hotel. hotel. And Scatman Crothers' Crothers character was the sacrifice because he's in the movie. This has not happened in the book because Scatman Crothers' character survives in the book. Right. So that means at that point, that is why, if you watch the movie, that is why at that point in the film, Wendy starts to see yes. the the guy with his head cracked open. Yep. In the extended cut, she sees the ballroom full of the skeletons, the skeletons and the cobwebs, right? And she realizes that something is really effing, and she sees the guy. The dog costume oh, yeah. thing, which, by the way, that's in the movie because that was in the book. That the, that's a former hotel manager and a hotel party guest dressed up as a dog. The hotel manager had a homosexual relationship with the guest in the party costume. That's in the book. It's not in the movie. It's more of an homage to the book right. in the movie. Yeah, so that's and why that's that scene still is it's so still freaking, freaking weird. Yeah, but that is why. At the moment that Scatman Crothers dies, that's why you start. That's why Wendy he now starts, starts to seeing see everything. Him. Because at that point, the hotel goes, "Oh, we have our sacrifice. We don't have to hide Jack anymore." Jack is ours now. Yes. Yep. And so, and, this- yeah. Tell the important part as to why he's in the picture. And notice, notice. I think that if the picture, if Jack had never been in, you know, had been in the picture to begin with, yes. I think that on the tour of the of the Overlook, I'm using a lot of quotation fingers that are yes. not necessary right now. <laughs> in the tour of the Overlook, Olam would have stopped and looked at the pictures, right. and they would have seen, oh, you look awful, like, in standard horror movie format, mm-hmm. they would have been like, oh, you know, look at the coincidence of how much you look like. We never see those pictures nope. until the dead end of the movie. Like, we see them in the background, but they're never a zoomed in, they're never close a, up, a prime distinctive focus. Yes. shot. Yes. Yep. And the thing is, is that, so, okay, so Jack goes out into the wood, or goes on the maze to track down, track down Danny. He doesn't. Jack starts slowing down and freaking oh, out, nick. and I feel like it's because at that point, the hotel's gone. Well, you made your sacrifice. Yeah, it you're ours now. You're ours now. It's actually so taking The hotel Jack. takes Jack's soul because right. obviously it doesn't take his body because so his at, body's in the So at that point, then we cut to Jack dead in the ice and immediately after that, we get a shot uh, of, of the, the photograph photo. and now and Jack is in the And he's dead center and you'll notice that Grady is not in the picture. Right. Which leads us to believe that now Jack's soul and spirit is in charge of the next person that the hotel picks. Right. He's in charge of explaining the situation and getting him and to getting do the what next he person. wants. Yep. So... I love our theory. I, I don't care if it's wrong. I, I love our theory. Because you know what? I will now forever watch this movie with, with that, that theory, theory in, in mind. my head. Yep. And it's like, because it, it, to us, it makes sense. It, to us, it makes sense. In the sense. book... Okay, so we all know that the movie and the ending of the movie and the ending of the book are not the same. Spoiler alert to the book. Mm-hmm. The there's something about a boiler in the book the, that's not in the movie. The right. no no no. There's like extenuating circumstances concerning the boiler at the end of the book. Something happens with the boiler. The hotel cut, catches on fire and blows up. Mm-hmm. And is Jack is killed? Like I don't know if he freezes in the maze and is killed. No, he doesn't freeze in the maze. No, because the maze but was he's never in allegedly the book. killed in the explosion or whatever. But in the book, when Danny and Wendy and Scatman Crothers' character are at the hospital, like you know, recover or you know, they're somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they tell Wendy that they never found they his never body. They never found Jack's body. Yep. Even though we had, at that point, seen his body frozen in the maze. Well, I, no, you're, oh, you're conf- talking about the book? I'm talking about the book. Oh, the book. Sorry, sorry. There's sorry. also that deleted scene which yes, you can tell that, them about. That, there's a deleted scene that was after the photograph that It's showed the same as the end of the book, exactly, more or less, minus that, the explosion. And the Scatman Crothers. And, no, <laughs> No, because he never oh, yeah, made it he out does, the movie. Yeah, that's right. In the movie, he dies. So it was it was Wendy and Danny in the hospital, and the doctor say, or the police they, or somebody saying yeah, they, they never found Jack's body. body. Yeah. So it kind of left it more as like, well, what the hell happened to Jack? The hotel then? took it. The hotel took it. So because the hotel is a character. The hotel is very much so a character that doesn't. I feel like it it doesn't start showing up really as much as it could have in the movie until about halfway through. Until yeah. basically he goes to the bar room. Well, and they explain in the trivia that I didn't read that when Grady spills the drink on him, it's yellow. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, you see a lot of... As Jack goes crazier, there's more and more yellow involved in the film. And that would explain... I'm real big on color in movies. I got that mm-hmm. from Colin. We picked it up. I picked it up watching Breaking Bad. He, because he's an art person, knows that already. It happens. But, you start yeah. looking the colors more and more. That, but that's so. an aphasia thing too where your brain starts picking up on that sort of thing and it automatically assigns it into a pattern and a category and gives it more meaning when it doesn't necessarily need it. And it's, it's but it's, so yes, basically it's important to note that basically the reason why Jack starts going crazy and crazier as after, after he meets with Grady in the bathroom is because at that point the hotel is more or less starting to, to possess, possess him. him and now, I mean he was kind of already always yeah. a little batshit crazy but now the hotel Hotel has him and is pushing him because it's like, no, we want you, so you kill your parent, you kill your family, so we can take you, and yep. that's why he goes so batshit crazy after that. Well, and happens. then if he kills his family, you know, his family would technically be there too, right? Technically, they technically. would absorb their. They'd spirits. be within the hotel yeah. at that point. So that's so basically, yeah. So basically, God, it, our theory is brilliant. I love our theory because basically that means that if you had seen that picture. That's at the end. Earlier in the movie, Jack would not have been in it. Right. That the moment Jack dies, the hotel takes him in, and he's in that picture. Even in the deleted scenes, they never address the photo. Because nope. I read the alternate scenes that are not in this cut that we watch, and none of them address that at all. And I feel like all those stupid conspiracy documentaries mm-hmm. and crap like that would have picked up on that. Yes. And I mean, yes, you could technically... We sound conspiracy theories exactly. or, you know, as crazy urban legendy. No, that's not urban legend. Legend. That's no. just our theory it's on our what theory. happened. It's our theory on the story. Yeah, it's, it's our theory on the story, not okay. on what Kubrick meant by it. No, it's just like, that's our theory on the plot of the film. Of of that would an explanation as how how does this all is built on how did Jack get in the picture? Yes, was he? Because like I said, we worked at the backwards. Basically, like I said at the beginning or earlier, like I always thought that he was a reincarnated, that he was there in right. that picture. He and was I always gritty. thought he's always been a ghost kind right. of thing. Yeah, like it's there's so many different ways you go, but I feel like our theory, our theory is the most. It's logical a theory. It's not a law. Sense. It's a theory. So let us review know your science terms. If you if you followed all of theories that. theories are not proven. <laughs> Good point. If you followed all of that. Let us know your thoughts on it on the Facebook page. I'm waiting on you, Thomas. Yes. Thomas, you were the one. Did I call him Matthew earlier? You did. Because he's Thomas Matthew. I'm sorry, sorry, Thomas. I meant Thomas. I'm so sorry, Thomas. We're both kind of tired. We're tired. It's not drunk. We're no, tired. we're just tired. So I apologize. Yes. Um, Thomas and, and I, Derek. I am very intrigued. I, I I almost want to write that all down, like as a full length actual Well, we've like, got paper. it recorded, too. Yes, it's true. So, yes. Anyways, let us know on, your, on what you think of our theory. We... 
we like I said, we figured that out uh, right at right during the during the uh, the bathroom scene with Grady. Yeah, was when we first started it out. Yep. Figured it out, and everything after that. We, no, it started with uh, the lady in the bathtub. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Because we were like, oh, that must be Grady's I'm wife. Not gonna be able to take a bath for like three days now. Lady in the bathtub, the lesser known M Night Shyamalan, terrible film. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Wow, that was an obscure reference. You know what? There. I had to throw at least a piece of joke in this yes. episode. It's been an hour and ten minutes. Um, but no, like, and everything after that bathroom scene just kept fueling it and made it work. And when we got to Scatman Crothers, I'm like, no, yep. that's beautiful. That's why she starts seeing it. Because yep. it all makes sense. It all works. Yep. It's great. We I are like very it. happy with our theory. Yep. I don't care if anyone else agrees. I like our theory. And with that, that is our Halloween special, kiddos. Yay! Yay! It is our last Halloween special. It is our last Halloween special. Aww. Aww. So next week, more Jack Nicholson. More Jack Nicholson. We're watching Chinatown. I can't tell you what year it's from because my <laughs> iPad's over there. It's 60s. It's not 60. I think it's, it's 68. 70s. No, I thought no. it was 68. Okay, You're going to check? Leaning. You want me to leaning. look? I can no, look it up real quick. I got it. I'm um, over and it. And then followed after Chinatown would be It's a Wonderful Life. So we go <laughs> we go from crazy Jack Nicholson to Jimmy Stewart. I love Jimmy Stewart. Oh, but we get to see Donna Reed. Chinatown is 74. Really? I thought it was like 68. Nope, I'm an idiot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't listen to me. And it's, it's young, relatively attractive Jack Nicholson. Yes. Yeah, it would have been pre So Chinatown. Oh, goodness. Chinatown, 1974. Two hours and ten minutes. I should probably come coming back a little early on Sunday. Yeah. Drama, mystery, thriller, 8.3 out of 10, 86 Metascore, a private detective and a private detective hired to expose an adulterer finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. Directed by Roman Polanski. I heard it was very much Speaking so... Speaking of deceit, corruption, and murder. Yeah. Um, I heard it was very much so... Because I've never seen Chinatown. I've heard it's very much... I didn't much, know he did The Pianist. Um, I heard it's very much so like a noir. It's a... It is a... is a, a, a 1974 film done in a noir style. Yeah. That's as much of it as I know about. I don't know anything more about that film. I, I, I think I've seen maybe like one scene from it. And that's it. Like, in the years of being a movie fan. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to see it. I've never seen it. It's great. So then, yeah. So that's next week, everybody. More Jack Nicholson. Probably less craziness. I hope so. Hopefully. This will be our... Oh, Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, John film. Houston. Oh, really? He's actually in it? He's in yep, it? That's John Houston. That's messed up. I didn't know he was in it. Yep. He died um, the year after I was born. Diane Ladd. Oh, okay. Roman Polanski is apparently in the movie as well. Oh, awesome. We'll Credited as Man with Knife. Awesome. We'll have to look for Man with Knife. Oh, I know James Hong. He's a character actor, I'm pretty sure. What was he doing from Wayne's World? Oh, and Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think he's on The Big Bang Theory every now and then, too. Yeah, I see. I know him from Wayne's he's World. He's a drunk history. I know him from Wayne's World, too, because he was uh, uh, Cassandra's dad that nice. Wayne fought. Oh yeah, big character actor, but yeah. yeah, you know this guy yeah, if you, you know see him. Song. So all right, well, oh we, yeah, he was in R.I.P.D. He was Ryan Reynolds, like the guy that the, everyone oh, else saw. Yes, yep. that's right. He's a he's a voice on Archer too, apparently. Oh my god! All right, Lindsay. Lindsay yes, Jeffrey. Let's see, Jeffrey. I think it's time for us to go. Okay. Yep. Everybody. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> he's also he's Chuck. The, he's the waiter. The Chinese waiter guy, Chinese food oh, restaurant waiter right. guy. Which is generally who he plays too. He yeah. plays those angry Chinese guys. But he was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird. All right, kiddos. yeah, we gotta stop this. We now. have to stop. <laughs> we have got. If otherwise, we will ramble for another forty-five minutes. I'm pretty sure. It's all up here from here. It's all up here from hell. 
That's Halloween. It's all uphill from here, kids. Ladies and gentlemen. It's all uphill from here. Girls. It's all uphill Yay. from here. Yay! Good night, Radio Rahim. Say good night, CK Dexter. Hey, Danny's not here, Mrs. Terrence. And don't get off the boat, man. I was doing the finger thing, too. The hey, finger thing. Here, that sounds Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Don't get off the boat, man. Don't get off the fucking boat because tigers will eat your soul, Mr. Terrence. Torrance. That too. Terrence. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Insert thunderclap here. <laughs> I was going to do it later, but okay. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>